Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a devotional that will speak to you no matter what your current relationship is with your teen. Let's hear what Mark has to say. Hey, there's a scripture that I think is so important that any parent would want to embrace the understanding of what it is saying, and at the same time, um, engage in, in trying to figure out, why does my child do all the things that they do? What is it about that? So anyway, here, here's the scripture. It's out of Proverbs 3, 21 through 24. It says, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion, they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. And when you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Okay, the four words I want you to pick out of here are wisdom and understanding, sound judgment and discretion. And in trying to understand what your child is doing and why they're doing what they're doing, um, it's good to gather that sense of wisdom. And the deeper your understanding as to what motivates your child allows you to engage in sound judgment and be discreet to do, do so with a sense of discretion as to when to move and when not to move in on some of the inappropriate behavior that you see. Let me tell you a story that that uh, that it doesn't haunt me, but it has stuck with me all of my life and um, uh, really all my life since I met this young lady named Bree. And it was one of these stormy, rain, uh, rainy, dark clouded, thunder-filled days in Texas, a real Texas frog choker. And it was also that climate inside my office as I met with uh, Bree, the angriest of young ladies I have ever encountered. And every question I posed was met with this lightning, quick bolt of stinging barbed words coming back at me. Um, The momentary sounds of silence were pierced by the thunderous retorts of a young lady who was mad at everything and who had grown accustomed to raining on anyone's parade. And that Texas weather outside of my office was exactly the same. All of a sudden, she she exploded, and out of nowhere came a tornadic response, which bolted her from her chair. She headed out the door, cussing me out and and yelling how no one understood her. And I quickly followed her out the door into this um, pouring rain of a Texas frog choker of a storm. A bolt of lightning, you know, stunned her to stop, and and she turned to look at me, and and now we are both looking like uh, drowned rats in a sheet of rain. And then, and then that's when I asked her, Bree, tell me what you want. What do you want from me? What do you want from us all? And I said it loudly and probably out of frustration and not knowing what else to say. And I told her the following, you push people away. Everything you do is offensive. You're the angriest person I've ever met and no one on this property. We have 60 kids that live with us. Can stand to be in your presence And no one knows how to help you, sweetheart. What do you want? 
you know, I, I didn't just tell her. I let her, uh, I let her hear my feelings of defeat in a way that was a louder than the crack of any thunderbolt that was piercing that Texas storm. And 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 my question was more about my defeat than it was about me having all the answers to help her. We were both tired, and she was tired of being angry and pushing people away from her. I was weary that nothing I was trying was working in my elf in my efforts to help get her to a better place in life. And we were both wet, you know, not just damp, but soaked to the bone. She looked at me with tears and raindrops streaming down her face. It was then that I realized that God had placed this, truly this little young, little punk in my life to teach me a lesson about behavior. Everything turned into slow motion as she began to speak. And she said this, in a loud and aggressive way. She goes, I'll tell you what I want. I want you to love me the most when I deserve it the least. And I didn't know what to say. In an instant, I realized I was completely missing her heart. I was so totally focused on her behavior that I forgot about her heart. This young lady was telling me her true need when all I was doing was trying to control her behavior and and get her to quit doing things that I found bothersome or offensive to other people. And all the while, I was missing what was the most important. My first words came out easy, but they were not words I was used to saying. And I said this to her. I just said, hey, Bree, I am so sorry. I've completely missed it with you. But it wasn't said in a loud voice. It was said as I slowly wrapped her in my arms, as the Texas rain you know, ran down my butt crack. I could feel it. We were both soaked, and now more than ever, the streams of tears running down both of our cheeks soaked us. But I was also being soaked in something that rarely was displayed to these rebellious little snots who were entitled, selfish, and me-absorbed. I was being soaked in grace, the offering of something when it is least deserved. And her heart was soaking it up like a dry sponge that prays for a Texas storm to fill its empty and parched holes. You know, it's amazing to me that Bree taught me a lesson. The behavior we all saw wasn't necessarily a reflection of who she was. It was an expression of something else going on in her life, and I totally missed it. All behavior is goal-oriented. Behavior is the visible expression of the invisible issues. And while I've said it a million times, I needed to remind myself of it that day. You know, behavior may be the warning lights on the dash of your car that says, hey, we got a problem. Or behavior may be a scream, you know, for someone to notice when no one's paying attention. Or it may be inappropriate actions rooted in a genuine need to fulfill a void or heartfelt desire for value or love or or recognition. And I think one of the hardest tasks of any parent is to look beyond the behavior. You know, I've learned the way to do this is to see with the eyes of my heart, not the ones on either side of my big nose. And so when you sit back and watch the behavior, rather than reacting to the rebelliousness or poor choices, you begin to realize there's a lot more going on that meets the eye. And I'm not saying there shouldn't be consequences for for violating any uh, rules or boundaries that you've established in your home. I believe in strong consequences and, and harsh attention getters that 
Let children know that their destructive behavior and infringement on family values will not be tolerated. Consequences give power to the rules you've set, and these must be in place within your family. Let your teen know that there's consequences for their, some of their choices, but also let them know that you'd like to discuss what's driving the behavior. So what are some of the drivers of your child's behavior? Why do they do what they do? What's their motivation? And how did they decide to do what they did? And again, I would caution you not to apply these questions to the inappropriate behavior you see, but also the appropriate and acceptable behavior. And you may ask why, and here's why. Because I've seen just as many kids who seemingly had it together commit suicide as those who were a complete mess. The common thing I see with so many kids, good kids or bad ones, either explode or implode, is parents who have a tough time getting the core values of their child's heart drivers. So here's some some drivers um, behind some of the behaviors that you you might see. And the first one I tell you may be loss. You know, loss is a is a simple concept, yet sometimes hard to understand. And loss is a void created in the heart of anyone according to his or her perception. So allow me to give you some examples of, some, you know, some teens' losses. Loss is something that was and now isn't. It's the young lady who was a cheerleader and very popular in her earlier years and for whatever reason has now fallen out of that position with her peers. That loss creates a void in her life which has now got to be filled in, in other ways. It's the same with a young man who was once athletic and had an injury and, and could no longer be active. Whatever he received from his athleticism, whether that be recognition or value or accomplishment, uh, popularity, prestige, um, acknowledgement, is now non-existent, and he'll find new ways to get the same elsewhere. Or it may be this, that loss is a feeling for something hoped for which didn't materialize. Maybe it's the hope for a boyfriend that never occurred or the position on a team that never happened. It's something that was anticipated and just didn't come about or an expectation that was never fulfilled. And loss isn't limited to what happened. Sometimes it's more about the death of of what someone hoped for that would happen, like getting asked to go to a prom or being offered a chance of joining a fraternity or sorority in college or a hope for an engagement, which didn't have a ring to it. You know, many times loss is something that was and now just isn't. And people experience this during the holiday season after they've lost a loved one. The person who once was there no longer is and a void is created. Many times a loss is created when emptiness has been filled and then taken away. And that loss or feeling of emptiness is where hopelessness enters the scenario and sleepless nights are consumed with unanswerable mind games which pursue uh, solutions to fill the newly created void. You know, loss is sometimes wrapped up in perspectives of life that that would have been just a little bit different than we wouldn't have to be in the position we are. And it's the shoulda, coulda, woulda of excuses that paralyze the forward movement and forbid hope from entering the story. Our loss can also be the, you know, like the victimization when someone's been violated, had something taken away or stolen, uh, and is stuck at the same stage of traumatic happenings. 
You know, an understanding of loss is so critical to an empathetic, thoughtful, and considerate heart if parents want to be able to recognize a loss in the life of their teen. Instead of just looking at the behavior, a parent's got to go deeper and look intently at the motivation of the behavior. You know, the the young lady that's acting out sexually might just be doing so because she has a desire, which is a God-given desire, to feel valued. So her motivation is well-founded. We all want to be valued, but her actions are inappropriate. But the drive behind it may just be that she's never felt valued by by those whom she lives with. So you hear what I'm saying? As a parent, your focus will likely be uh, to zero in on her sexual behavior when the real issue may be that you have missed the opportunity to make her feel valued by you. It's the story of the speck and the plank. The speck in her eyes, her sexual behavior, the plank in your eye that you might have failed in making her feel valued is in a way that she wants to be valued. Here's another scenario. Let's say a young man who's never been able to become a man because of his over-controlling parents might just resort to physically fighting to express his manhood. And every young male wants to become a man. A parent's role is to, is to help make that happen. But while one is distracted by the teen's behavior, an examination for the losses in this kid's life, which is the pursuit of manhood, must also be checked. Now would be a good time to address the issue, and we, we all miss one another. And don't think for a minute that you've been the perfect parent and have never missed the, the heart of your child. We all do. But that's not an excuse, but it's a reality. So your involvement in the lives of your children just might be a part of why they behave the way they do. You are a part of the equation. So the whole discussion about being genuine and authentic with your teen you know, a concept that I push for every parent is predicated on the understanding that your own imperfections will show themselves in your parenting. You won't get it perfect, and parenting never happens with us uh, all uh, missing the heart of our teens. However, what a great place to start having a real relationship of depth as you get to know the heart of the issues that you and your teen wrestle with. Here's some other heart drivers, and one of those is performance and appearance. Teens want to be accepted. They long to have attention. It's a longing to be valued and appreciated. Don't we all want that? Well, sure we do. It's because God's created us all to be relational, and when some teens can't find it, you know, in certain, you know, permissible and acceptable ways, whether it be athletics or economic standing or academics, appearance or social circles, many move to socially unacceptable behaviors to gain attention. The young man that smokes pot acts like a clown, shops lifts or attaches his identity to some crazy group, may just be crying or sometimes screaming for acceptance, something that every young teen desires, or maybe about appearance. You know, my wife and I were back in Cabo St. Lucas, and I sat there and watched a young lady take close to 100 shots of herself, posing in every possible way with her parents sitting right at the table, trying to just get the right look to send out, you know, to her social networking site. You know, in a world where adolescent relationships are somewhat shallow, the need to appear just right 
becomes of utmost importance. And it's really no different for you and me. When I go to a place to speak where no one knows me, I'm more concerned about how I look than than what I am to be around people who know me well. I'm never surprised when a young lady sends nude pictures of herself to guys just to get someone to pay attention to her. It's the cathedral apex of a desire to be noticed, coupled with the teen's world of shallow relationships where every teen carries a camera. It's a scream communicating, look at me. Will somebody just pay attention to me? Here's another one. It's masking and avoidance. Sometimes teens just want to avoid their past or mask the feelings that always seem to bubble to the surface. It's a young man who smokes pot to make himself feel different or forget the sexual abuse that occurred at a young age. Or it's a young lady who will never dive deeper into conversations for fear that her close proximity to vulnerability might expose something um, that she doesn't have the, the skills to, to resolve or, or even talk about. Kids run and hide for a reason. They avoid things for a reason. And here's a word to the wise. Teens usually avoid topics and discussions where they are shamed for expressing their opinions and observations. Let me say that again because I think it's important. Teens usually avoid topics and discussions where they are shamed for expressing their opinions or observation. And this shaming only pushes them to keep quiet with the realization that it might just get better to, to keep your mouth shut rather than express your feelings uh, that might get shot down or ridiculed. Here's another thing. Here's another way that kids kind of fill those voids in their life, but it's anger and vengeance. Anger is an emotional response to not getting what you want. Anger drives people to do crazy things. And, and their mindset takes on the position, if I can't have it, then others shouldn't either. So anger drives other emotions, and usually it can only be tamed by a relationship that provides help and hope. A teen that bullies others or is continually negative and disrespectful to others is typically driven by the idea that Things haven't quite turned out the way that he or she wanted. And, and what these teens had hoped for just didn't happen. And this can be in any arena, whether it be sports or academic pursuits or social interactions or economic uh, positions or even their possessions. So every behavior that you see is a direct result of a hidden motivation. And the person acting out the behavior does not always understand why they do what they do. Some teams have no idea, and they're completely clueless about why their actions are happening. So the challenge of parenting is help them understand the motivation behind their behavior and get to the heart of the issue. Remember that behavior is the visible expression of the invisible issues. And so, as I said earlier, all behavior is goal-oriented, and behavior is that visible expression that's lurking inside the heart of your teen. And I'm not implying that whatever you see on the outside is indicative of something bad on the inside. Good behaviors can be motivated by unresolved heart issues just as easy and appropriate behaviors find stimulus of the same issues. And here's an example. I swam competitively for 13 years. And my motivation for that was to find value. Because as I reflect on my childhood, I recognize that not much value ever came from those around me. As a matter of fact, it was quite the opposite. That absence of value set my life on a course to find value elsewhere, and I found it in swimming. 
uh, where hard work produced medals and trophies and blue ribbons and recognition and acknowledgement that I was somebody. It was a good behavior motivated by an issue of not finding value from life in my younger years. And let me say this also, it was after the year after I quit swimming, a tornado came and we lost our home. And there went all the medals and trophies and blue ribbons. I also found value when I took a ninth grade girl to a concert and we stuck together for six years before we were married. And hindsight would indicate that this high school relationship was one based on my selfish desire to find value. Again, another good behavior rooted in my need for value. And another area of my life where I grabbed all the value I could was through hard work. I've always been a hard worker and perhaps motivated by the fact that peers and others value me because of my propensity to get the job done and to get it done well. My really driving mindset was to measure that value in dollars. And I later came to understand that I was using people and opportunities to selfishly gain value. And when value was not to be had from those occasions and relationships, I would move on where I can find more value. And that would lead me to always have to be right, take correction hard, and even lie to present myself as a valuable person. Not all of those behaviors were good, but but both the good behaviors and the not-so-good behaviors were ingrained in my search for value, trying to fill a void in my life that ultimately could only be filled by God himself. Even though I now realize how selfish my motivation created some pretty inappropriate behaviors, I think I'll always have the tendency to go on my, what I would call, value journeys. Perhaps it'll always be a struggle. So my point is this. Knowing the heart of your teen is of critical and of utmost importance to the deepening of your relationship. And many believe that only unacceptable behavior comes from unresolved heart issues. And that's not true. There's plenty of acceptable behavior that is entrenched in unresolved issues. And your job as a parent is to know the heart of your child, regardless of the acceptable or unacceptable behavior. It's only when you address the true heart issues that you'll be able to convince anyone of their need to find the only real source of value. Unresolved issues in the life may also motivate your child's acceptable and appropriate behavior. Remember the young lady that I mentioned earlier, the one who acted out sexually to get the value she never felt that she received? Well, she could have just as easily taken up competitive sports or theater, the more acceptable behaviors, but she still has a value issue. And, and, and what I hope by, by sharing this with you is, is, is that when you look at your child, you realize there's always unresolved issues in the lives of our kids. And those unresolved issues produce good behavior and bad behavior. The, the motivation is the same to find the core of what, whether it be the value or recognition or embracing or, or attention or whatever it is. The core of it's good. They may choose. You may have a very healthy-looking child on the outside, but inside she just is messed up by her participation in sports as the kid that's smoking pot every weekend because they're still longing for something they're not getting. And so that's where you've got to spend time asking the questions, not of your child, but asking the questions yourself. 
How can I be the parent that God wants me to be in the life of my child to help them get through and be genuine and authentic in their pursuit? And usually this doesn't happen until later on in life. And so if you've come to that point and realize what's been motivating you, then you can help your child understand what's been motivating them because all behavior is goal-oriented. Hey, I hope this helps. If I can help you in any way understanding your child, then that's what I want to do. And and let me encourage you in, in a couple of other ways. One, if you have any questions, please go ahead and ask us. You can go to Parenting Today's Teens, where there's a place for you to say, uh, I must ask you a question. And uh, you can submit your questions, and I answer them on a podcast that, that comes out on another day of the week. Or you can get our newsletter that goes out every Monday and is chocked full of plenty of resources for parents and, and, uh, and grandparents as well, uh, and about events and where I'll be and how we'll be spending the time. And, and I think one of the other things that I would encourage you to do is to download our Parenting Today's Teens app. Go to your app store, download it, and uh, and this will give you access to just about every parenting resource that we've got. Hey, I hope you have a great week. God bless. Take care. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.